Today on the news and why it matters, uh, no official winner in Iowa for the Democrats. The AP has declared it so. Also, uh, staggering new polls give some strong indicators on how 2020 elections could possibly go. We've got a lot coming up and it starts right now. Welcome. Happy Friday. I am Sarah Gonzalez. And uh, today we have got quite a show for you lined up. We've got Pat Gray, Mr. Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed. Thanks for being here. Mm. We've got Josh Hammer from uh, The Daily Wire, The Daily Wire's own editor at large, Josh Hammer. And we've got Giancarlo Sopo. Giancarlo Sopo. <laughs> Theblaze.com's own. I can say that about yes. you now. Theblaze.com's own. Giancarlo Sopo. Got a lot to get into. First, we would like to thank our sponsor, Candid. And uh, yes, this is the year I am finally straightening my teeth with Candid Clear Aligners. And you could be too if you are uh, maybe like me and you had braces and headgear and the whole shebang when you were younger and then you stopped wearing your retainers. And oh, it turns out your teeth actually shift if you don't keep wearing your retainers. I found that, that out the hard way. Uh, if you did too, I really recommend Candid. They deliver these aligners directly to your door and they straighten your teeth for 65% less than braces. So they send you the kit, you do the impressions from the comfort of your own home, which is great. <laughs> because you look a little silly when you're doing it and no one has to see. You send it off, uh, they send you the aligners, you never have to set foot in a doctor's office or waiting room, and you've got, you're working with licensed orthodontists. Uh, so unlike other companies, Candid only works with, like I said, no general dentists. It is just orthodontists that you're getting. 20 years of experience on average, by the way. So let this year be the year that you give yourself the gift of straighter teeth. You can go to candidco.com dot com slash why. Uh, if you use promo code why, you will get $75 off. That is candidco.com slash why offer code why. You're already getting it. 65% less than braces. Plus we got you $75 off of that. Candid.co candidco.com slash why offer code why. So the AP has declared officially after so many days of waiting uh, that there is no winner. They are unable to declare a winner of Iowa's Democratic caucuses because of irregularities in this year's process and the tight margin between Pete Buttigieg mm. and Bernie Sanders. Now, this comes after um, the Democrat uh, National Committee chair, Tom Perez, has already said we need to re-canvas. We need to go back and count all, you know, all of the paper, uh, the paper trail, everything, because it's too close to call. There are too many questions. We got to start over. Uh, Pat, what are your thoughts on this debacle? I think we've already left this behind, haven't we? We got New Hampshire coming up in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. We might as well just forget it. Let's forget it. Let's just <laughs> yeah. pretend this didn't happen. Just write Iowa off happened. this year. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean... Nobody's going to really be able to have the bragging rights here mm -hmm. because uh, they can both claim victory, sort of. Um, and they both have. Bernie yeah. is already saying he won the initial mm -hmm. uh, vote and Buttigieg won the one after that. And, and it's kind of like, I think it was 2012 w with Rick Santorum, yep. Yep. where we found out a week later, right, <laughs> that he won when they thought it was, who was it, Romney or... They thought somebody else won, yeah, and uh, it turned out Santorum did, and so he never really got the credit for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, he never really got any momentum going or anything for that because it was too late. 
Yeah. Well, that's what this is going to be as well, I think, for yeah. whoever wins. Josh, uh, Pat points out, you know, mm -hmm. historically, the person who wins does get that momentum yeah. going into mm -hmm. the New Hampshire uh, voting, and no one's going to have that now. How do you see that playing out? Yeah, so Nate Silver at 538 had a pretty good column on Tuesday, the night after this total crap show unfolded, where he basically said that even if Iowa does get its you-know-what together, it's inevitably going to be too little, mm -hmm. too late. Too late. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's already too late because what mm -hmm. happens is you, the boost you get is you go on national television that night and you're able to declare victory. Mm -hmm. As someone who was very active in the Cruz campaign in 2016, I remember Ted's victory speech in Iowa very well. And he got a bump out of that. It obviously didn't yeah. take him all the way, but it did help. So no candidate is going to be able to claim that this year. And I think there were serious questions about the Iowa caucus process going forward. I mean, I'm actually a longtime defender of it. I, I happen to like the caucus process. I participate in it. And I, to me, it kind of embodies all that Alexis de Tocqueville famously loved about America. Everyone kind of getting together and like they're, uh, they're doing their civic duty at a very mm -hmm. fundamental level. So it's, it's a much more engaging process than the privacy of a ballot box and just clicking a lever. So I'm a longtime defender of it. But having said that, if the Iowa Democratic Party can literally not tabulate the votes to give us what the party apparatus needs, mm -hmm. then I think there are very serious questions about Iowa going forward. So whoever ends up the winner, and perhaps we'll never know, it seems to me quite possible it will be the last winner of an Iowa caucus. Yeah. What do you think, Sean Carlo? I think what's clear, even if we don't know the winner, the clear loser was Joe Biden, mm -hmm. who, by all accounts, came in a distant fourth place. Talking about the former vice president of the United States coming in uh, pretty low in, in, in a state that he, he should have carried, or at least come in, in the top two. Um, and we were just, just talking a little bit earlier that there has never been a nominee of, of, of either party who has placed below uh, second place in both Iowa and uh, the, the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary. So if Joe Biden doesn't get his act together mm -hmm. and at least place in the top two uh, next week in, in New Hampshire, there's really no precedent for him to become the, the party's nominee. How, I, I mean, how incredible would that be that there's been all this talk about Joe Biden and yeah. we could yeah. be looking at him dropping out within a week or two? Uh, yeah. he, he, he's done. I mean, I do a weekly election newsletter for The Daily Wire. It comes out Thursdays. <laughs> you can subscribe at lp.dailywire.com slash getelectionwire. So I said, Kinda yeah. long, Josh. I, yeah. 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 I, I'll, 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 talk, I'll talk to folks about that. You got to buy the new domain or something. Um, but I mean, in my newsletter yesterday, I, I basically said, stick a fork in Joe Biden. He's done. I don't see it at this mm. point. He's fourth place mm. in Iowa. He's not going to get any better in New Hampshire. That so-called mm. firewall in South Carolina, which the, the campaign's been touting for months, maybe a year on end, it's already dissipating. I think mm -hmm. he's up at like four or five points in the most recent poll there. If he goes fourth place in Iowa, third or fourth in New Hampshire, he's probably not going to win Nevada because, again, it's a caucus state. Caucus state does not play well to his campaign right. apparatus. He's going to go over three in the first three. That firewall... That's yeah. a Rudy Giuliani yeah. strategy. Exactly. That's right. exactly right. It's Giuliani in Florida. And they're already saying he's not. He's he doesn't have a very good apparatus in Nevada. He, he doesn't have a good organization on the ground there. And he's not looking good right yeah. now. Now, we obviously see Buttigieg with a little bit of momentum going into New Hampshire. Uh, you know, let's let's pretend for a second that's already played out. Buttigieg, you know, gets the gets this boost and suddenly Buttigieg is the the person that we're looking at running against Trump in the general. Josh, do you see that is that going to be a problem for Trump, do you think, or do you think Trump could handle it? I, I do not think Buttigieg is a particularly scary general election okay. opponent for Trump. Uh, I, I actually think Bernie Sanders, despite being as radical as he is, is a more formidable general really? election opponent than people. Why is judge. that? 
Because Bernie Sanders and Trump have this weird crossover appeal, right? They're mm-hmm. both kind of burn it all down, anti-establishment, countercultural in their own mm-hmm. unique sense figures. And I, th- I, th- I think they actually probably uh, appeal to a lot of these similar kind of Rust Belts, uh, more anti-trade, anti-NAFTA style voters. Mm-hmm. Buttigieg, there's just so much material for Trump to work with there. I mean, he's so young. He's so inexperienced. I mean, a lot of people are, have these conspiracy theories that he's like a CIA agent. It's kind of sketchy. We don't really know exactly what he was doing. There's just like, he, he's too slick by half. But he's what? He's 37 years old. Yeah. Trump can torch him in a debate, I think. He's the mediocre mayor of a town one-seventh the size of your average congressional district. Mm. Um, I, I mean, it, it, it's not serious. Uh, I was telling somebody from Miami yesterday, I was making a, like a reference in terms of like how, how big South Bend is compared to like, like some of the small municipality down there. Mm-hmm. And it's just really ridiculous. And I, I totally agree with Josh. Uh, not only does, does Bernie Sanders have, like, I think, the strange crossover appeal, I also think he can activate people who otherwise don't vote, just bring a lot of people out of the woodwork to like, sh- show up to vote. So I think, I think President Trump is in a very strong position heading into uh, uh, November. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see what Democrats do at the convention. Because mm-hmm. there, there's no clear front runner. I don't think that the, the powers that be are, are convinced that Buttigieg is, is, is strong. And they clearly do not like Bernie Sanders. So we, might, we may be going into a brokered convention. Yeah. Um, Pat, do you, just to play devil's advocate, Josh, do you agree with Josh that Bernie would be a formidable uh, candidate against Trump? Because, because just mm-hmm. putting it out there, you know, I agree with what you're saying, that they kind of have this same anti-establishment feel, but it's so hard to vote for, for someone like Bernie who wants this radical change when people's mm-hmm. lives are good right now. You know, you have the economy that Trump touted during the State of the Union. You, people are mm-hmm. working. Um, it, it seems so unlikely to me that people would say, yeah, let's change everything. Let's burn it down when it's working for the majority of people. Me too. And especially since Bernie is a socialist, my hope mm-hmm. is this is still America and we're not quite there yet. I mean, I know there's young people who are there that think socialism might be a great alternative to capitalism. But I think this shows the greatest difference you can possibly show going into an election. A guy who's overseen a great economy for for four years and who is a a hardcore capitalist and a socialist, Mm -hmm. curmudgeon, who's 78 years old. I mean, I think that's a great dichotomy uh, that, that Trump could exploit, whereas... With Buttigieg, who I don't think is that strong either. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like you don't go from South Bend, Indiana mayor to president of the United States. Although you'd if there was a country where it can happen, it's here. Yeah, you'd right? also think you don't go from reality show host right. to that, president of the United very States. very true. And that happened. But Buttigieg has one other thing going for him, and that's identity politics. Yeah. And you've got to be a little bit careful with him mm-hmm. um, because of what you say. And Trump isn't careful, and he could run into trouble there, I think. Yeah, I mean, my concern with, with, mm-hmm. with Buttigieg is his, his youth, mm-hmm. actually. And, and, and I think he could definitely use that to his advantage. But as far, as far as Bernie and socialism, I mean, like, Josh and, like, Josh and I and you as well, like, we were born in, in, in an era where, like, the Cold War is like a distant memory. Most people of our generation, they You're have... assuming I wasn't born Wow, in that <laughs> is... That's, that's very ageist. <laughs> wow. So, well, wow. We have no recollection of what socialism even is. We, they, they hear it as like yeah. some scary S word, but they don't exactly know what it means. They don't remember the bread lines in the former mm-hmm. Soviet Union or, or the Eastern Bloc states. They or don't countries. know what it means. And they're not yeah. being taught history. They don't. Yeah, and they're not learning it at school either. So when you call someone a socialist, they'll yeah. think, oh yeah, it's like the Norway Pavilion at Epcot. 
um, right. you know, they're completely disconnected from it. So it'll have to be the baby boomers who understand that and don't vote for for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I'm like, hopeful they still will. We, we like like the people have to be educated on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we go, just it's such a stark contrast in the week that. Trump and the Republicans have had and the week that the Democrats have had. You had this debacle of a caucus. You had Nancy Pelosi ripping up the State of the Union address. You know, you have Trump uh, delivering an amazing State of the Union. I I don't think anyone at this table would disagree with me that it was one of, if not the best speech that he's ever done. Um, And then you have him getting acquitted the very next day. Then, the day after that, uh, the White House confirmed yesterday that top al-Qaeda leader Qasim al-Rimi was killed in Yemen in an airstrike at the direction of President Trump. Um, I can't imagine uh, it being a better week for the president, Josh. It's you probably could not conjure up one if you tried. Um, <laughs> literally, I mean, a poll after poll, it seems we're getting this week. I mean, Gallup has him a 49 percent approval rating. That's an all time high for the Trump presidency. Americans are more optimistic about the state of the economy than they've been in literally, I think, four and a half to five decades, which obviously plays into Pat's point very nicely about this stark contrast against a freaking socialist mm-hmm. of all people. Um, it, it seems to be going pretty well for the president right now. I kind of hope he doesn't mess it up. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, Henry, Henry Olson of The Washington Post had a column this week where he basically said, great State of the Union address, but if past is precedent and we're looking ahead, it tells us that Trump might find a way to mess it up. And you know what? Here's my take on this. I th- in, in Henry's column, he talks about teleprompter Trump and Twitter Trump, mm-hmm. and, 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 and Henry's urging him to ditch the latter and only do the former. I don't quite agree with that. Yeah. I actually think you need both. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Do you agree? Yeah. I, I think Trump, it's hard to advise him because everything he did in 2016 I thought was wrong and yeah. it was all right. It and worked. so he's still doing it now and it's working. It sounds like uh, at least how I'm taking it is he, the Twitter Trump is not bad enough to uh, cast a shadow on all of the good that he's mm-hmm. doing. What yeah. do you think? Well, I mean... <clears throat> I have a focus group uh, at home and, and, and one at my mom's house, right? These are t- two, two independent-minded women who are not really into politics. And I've, I asked them, what, what do you guys think of the State of the Union? Mm-hmm. My wife was in tears. She, she loved it. Um, my mom, who voted for Hillary Clinton in, in 2016, I think she's going to be voting for mm-hmm. President Trump now in wow. 2020. So I, if, mm-hmm. you ha- if you have an open mind... Yeah. And, and, and you go into this and you look at how great the economy is doing. And by the way, my own story is also an example of that. Right. I, you know, so if you, if you go into this with an open mind and you, you look at the data and you look at how like, people are feeling, the fact that more people are working, the fact that salaries are going up, that salaries are going up for the working class at a faster rate than, they are, than, than they're going up for uh, the, the very wealthy, that's, those are all fantastic economic indicators. Mm-hmm. And I, I think... Any president with, with, with that record should be cruising t- toward re-election. And I, I think President Trump is in a very strong position. Yeah. Uh, more on President Trump's position and uh, strong indicators on how the 2020 elections are going to go. Also, AOC, she opened her mouth and said something stupid again. I know. We're all shocked. Uh, more on that when we come back. You know, some might say...
more uh, on putting President Trump's approval numbers in perspective. But first, want to tell you about our friends over at Brickhouse Nutrition and why we love their superfood field of greens. So a few years ago, the doctors and human performance experts, which I didn't realize was a thing, a human performance expert, well, it is, and they have them at Brickhouse, and they wanted to make sure to create a product that we could take every day that was all natural and will make you healthier. And the result was Field of Greens, which in Pat's case is a really good thing because Pat doesn't eat, like he doesn't ingest vegetables. That's correct. At all. No. Except, Except Field, of Field of Greens. <laughs> so Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and ve vegetables, not vegetables. It boosts your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, probiotics, and it's not made from ex extracts. It is a real superfood. It reduces your risk of heart disease, memory loss, and it's a great source of vitamins, minerals, fiber, and other nutrients. So women, if you have a man in your life over here like Pat, who refuses mm -hmm. to eat any vegetables, all they want is steak and potatoes, mm -hmm. and you want them to live a very long life with you, you gotta go to BrickHouseBlaze.com. You can get 15% off your first order right now with the offer code BLAZE. One scoop a day, my husband takes it too, because uh, he sometimes is bad about eating his vegetables. It tastes great. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. It tastes That's amazing. Right. Tastes great, and mm. you get your vegetables. You get all the benefits of the vegetables without having to actually eat your broccoli. Go to BrickHouseBlaze.com. That is BrickHouseBlaze.com. Offer code Blaze. Save you 15% on your first order. Uh, so just to put into perspective really quickly, just kind of some indicators on how the 20, 2020 elections may go. I know, Josh, you mentioned uh, Donald Trump's approval rating is at 49%. Everyone is happy about you know how things are going, how their lives are going. Um, all of these indicators are really good for him. But uh, Josh Jordan on Twitter uh, put into perspective what, uh, what some other presidents' job approval ratings were at this point in their first term. Um, now, you know, you've got what? Carter and Reagan at 58, 55. Carter, Carter had 58%. That's unbelievable. Crazy. I know. It's crazy. Um, but HW wow. had 47 uh, w. Bush had 49. Obama had 45 at this point in mm. his first term. So Trump is now ahead of Obama. He's tied with W and only three points behind Clinton with, of course, nine months to go uh, until the election. Obviously, all three of those won re-election. And I feel like Trump has the extra benefit of having the other side just complete morons who can't seem to get their acts together and do anything right yeah. You've got to be feeling good if you're President Trump right now. I would think so. You outlined some of the things that went right for him this week. And, and one of those things was the Democrats going so wrong. I mean, they are in chaos right now. Mm -hmm. And they've got the head of the DNC talking about doing it all over again, <laughs> re-canvassing. I mean, with New Hampshire a couple of days away, they're, yeah. they're just, it, it's, a, it's, it's a complete mess for them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, when your possible opponents are on one hand a communist, or on the other hand, a uh, small-town mayor who supports third-trimester abortions, uh, you, you're looking unapologetically. at... Unapologetically. Yeah, unapologetically. You're looking at a great spot uh, heading into 2020. I'm... If, if I was on, uh, if, if I was working on the Trump campaign, I'd be very excited right now. Yeah, Josh, last word on this. So, historically, there are real, real advantages to being an incumbent president, of yeah. course. I mean, George H.W. Bush lost his re-election, Jimmy Carter lost, but before Jimmy Carter, you have to go back to Herbert Hoover, who was the last president who served one full term and lost. Uh, Gerald Ford obviously did not serve a full term. 
So he's a little asterisk there. But the point is, there are serious powers that attach to the incumbents. So you have a massive bully pulpit. You have this huge sprawling apparatus. You get to jet around the country in Air Force One. I mean, they're technically using different funding, obviously, but you still get to use that fancy plane. By every objective metric, looking at the economy, his polling, Trump should win in a landslide right now. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's probably not going to win in a landslide. It'll probably be closer because he's Trump and there are a lot of things, <laughs> a lot of things about him that people don't like. But again, to go back to the previous segment, if he can just keep the Twitter stuff mildly under control and focus on the fact that Americans are pretty freaking happy right now about the state of their country as they should be, I think he's in very good shape. I kind of think he will win in a landslide. Yeah. Or close to it. Yeah. You also have to look at also like the kind of obstacles that President Trump is facing. So uh, I wrote a story about this here at The Blaze. So from like September through through December, the Media Research Center counted all the news stories about President Trump on primetime television. Ninety six percent of them were negative. Yeah. So he's facing he's like, look at his poll he's numbers. Still got those poll numbers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah look at his poll numbers versus what he's facing. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, and then the networks are going out of their way to downplay positive economic news. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so he's he's up against like literally an avalanche. I don't know of any other president, uh, certainly not in my lifetime, who could have withstood this. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at the other side, you know, not to go back and rehash Bernie and Buttigieg, but certainly Buttigieg doesn't find a way to win the African American vote. Oh, I think if Buttigieg is a nominee, Trump could win 15% of the black vote. I, re- I, yeah, I actually really huge. think that. I, and and just, just cracking 10% would be mm-hmm. a huge achievement for the modern Republican Party. But I think we're looking at 15% at least, honestly, if Buttigieg is the nominee. And then you look at, um, you, Pat, you look at the approval ratings of President Trump's State of the Union speech, and you see that what independents approved it by like 80%, I think. Yeah. Wow. Even I some mean, Democrats liked it. Yeah, 30%, 30% of yeah. Democrats, yeah. which is huge. He gave it an overall C, which is amazing. Right. <laughs> No, it would usually be an F, just a flat F. I didn't care. I don't like anything you said. That was not the case uh, this week. And it also shows how out of touch Nancy Pelosi is, right? It really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When when you saw that the entire entire, uh, Democratic side of of the House, that they refused to stand up or they even refused to applaud, just positive economic news on for for minorities, right? Mm -hmm. Positive economic news for veterans. Record low poverty rates, right? Women too. Yeah, these Positive are all these are all things that are fantastic for the country, and they're not just like meaningless statistics. It means that like people's lives are a lot better, yeah. and I th- I thought that that was very striking, and I also think that you know it's funny like my Democratic friends on 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 Facebook they were like yas weaning all over themselves uh, the, 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 over like the video of of Pelosi ripping it. To most people, that seemed like repulsive. Yeah, I agree. All right, back in a minute. Huge miscalculation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... Coming up in uh, overtime, an Ohio pastor threatens to sue the NFL because watching the halftime show put him at a risk of going to hell. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Got a lot to get into there. Also, as promised, uh, AOC. AOC was in a, uh, a, a testimony, a hearing yesterday, and she wants you to know that pulling yourself up by your bootstraps is like a joke because it's physically impossible to do. Okay? 
obviously AOC knows that it's scientifically impossible to happen. Uh, so we've got that coming up in overtime. Also, I did a video for Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered on that, which you can find on YouTube. All you got to do is search Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. Subscribe. Obviously, everything on YouTube is free. Um, I know I got someone who said, I really want to subscribe to your channel, but I don't have the extra funds to do so. <laughs> We're in luck. YouTube is free. It's absolutely free to subscribe to YouTube. So you can do that. Also, I'm sure there are those of you who are like, ugh, Sarah, why are you so casual? It, it's Friday. Okay. First of all, don't judge me. Second of all, how can I not be casual when uh, shop.blazemedia.com has such cool hats? Yeah, there it is right there. The camo. I think it's called a dad, a dad hat, which is very sexist because I'm obviously not a dad. And uh, I like to think it looks okay on me. But we've got so much more uh, there. We've got Baby Lives Matter shirts. We've got some Pac Ray Unleashed shirts. You've got some funny shirts. Mm -hmm. uh, to, mm -hmm. what, what is the turning the frogs gay shirt? Is that still on there? <laughs> That's still on there. <laughs> okay, so. That's high energy. <laughs> it is high energy. Is. We've got Chad Prather show merch. We've got uh, Glenn Beck merch. Mm. We've also got News and Why It Matters merch, which, by the way, we've got a new mug design right here. Yeah, that's right. Very nifty mug design here. Uh, so make sure that you head to shop.blazemedia.com. By the way, before we go into overtime, uh, special announcement. Not next week, but the week after. You asked, and we are finally delivering. We will be doing a one-hour news and why it matters every day, Monday through Friday. None of this 30 minutes nonsense. We are expanding to an hour. You're welcome. For those of you who are watching overtime, it starts next on blazetv.com. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Our good friend Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, was involved in a hearing yesterday. Now, this hearing was on, um, like, poverty level and children, um, and uh, she was— I just, I, I don't even know how to set this one up. She's talking about how, you know, you've got these expressions in America that somehow people can, like, pull themselves up by their bootstraps and make something of themselves, and she has a very, very solid— argument on uh, why that is absolutely <laughs> a joke and not true. Watch. Ms. Hutchinson, I also want to thank you about bringing up the poverty draft and this idea of a bootstrap. You know, this idea and this metaphor of a bootstrap started off as a joke because it's a physical impossibility <laughs> to lift yourself up by a bootstrap, by your shoelaces. It's physically impossible. The whole thing is a joke. I I uh, mean you can't the jokes they write themselves. I just It's like having Derek Zoolander in Congress. <laughs> yeah. She's so indignant yeah. too. Yeah. She's so angry and outraged at the fact that someone would actually say that because rumor is she tried it and she broke like a ton of laces. She's very <laughs> yeah. upset about all of the shoelaces she broke. She found out it is actually not possible to pull yourself up from your bootstraps. It's actually also physically impossible to stick your head up your butt, but she seems to have <laughs> successfully yeah, she's accomplished getting, she's getting it. getting close to she? it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she is 
Just but stupid. I, I, uh, it's I, unbelievable. I mean, I, I, mean, I would have guessed it was physically impossible to get elected to the United States Congress with a single-digit IQ, and yet here we are. I mean, <laughs> here like, we are. Like, she literally used the word mm-hmm. metaphor. It's not, like she, it's not like she's unaware of the concept of, right. a, of a metaphor <laughs> yeah. or, an, or an idiom or a simile or any of these other various forms of speech. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, she proceeds. Yeah. <laughs> nonetheless, she persisted, John. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Giancarlo, your thoughts? I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, kind of was too. Yeah, I just don't know how to even react to that. Well, I, and I just, it's so crazy to me, I was talking to Josh about this off air, that you've got someone who, you know, you could, Josh, you talked about the anti-American sentiment that it really yeah. gives, but it's like, this is coming from someone who was a mm-hmm. bartender and is all of a sudden sitting in a hearing because she's a congresswoman. You would think right. she, of all people, would at least understand what it meant. But, as always, Instead, it's just... What she seems to be saying there is like the metaphor, yes. you can't actually do that in real life. Yes, yes. Despite the fact that, as you said, she was a barmaid and now she's in Congress making 175000 a year. Uh, oh, it's the reality is, unless, agonizing. You, unless you're like a son or daughter of the American Revolution and been like a upper class patrician since the Mayflower, you all of us have an ancestor who has a pull your by the bootstrap kind of story. I mean, for yeah. me, I can remember, I never met him, but my great grandfather was a traditional Jewish Polish immigrant to Brooklyn. He worked a graveyard shift 12 hours overnight, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. at a bakery just to earn a bare living. I mean, we all have similar stories like this. And it's just, it, it's, it's, it is quintessentially anti-American. She yeah. is flipping her middle finger at one of the things that has always, going back to the founding, to Tocqueville and all that made America great. But that is really, I mean, it's not just her. Isn't it the majority of the left who is just, they, they constantly have to paint themselves as a victim, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone is a victim. You're a victim of your own circumstances. You can't possibly be expected to make your way in life because if people believe that, then they believe that the government is there to give them handouts. Yeah. I mean, it also just flies in the face, I think, of like the experience of like not only her own experience, because mm-hmm. supposedly she, she, she grew up very poor in Westchester, New York, which in and of itself Hard is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it also flies in the face of the experience of like a lot of Hispanics. And I can yeah. tell you on a personal level, mm-hmm. my grandparents came to this country when they were nearly 60. Mm-hmm. They were, worked as janitors. Mm-hmm. Then, my, th- th- then the next generation, my mom worked two to three jobs just so she can move us out of a little duplex in, in, in Little Havana and then into the suburbs. So, of course, it's possible to work hard and, and, and live a good life in this country, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, she, of course, got ridiculed online. It didn't take long for uh, the firestorm to start. But don't worry. She clarified herself on Twitter. I uh, want to see, gentlemen, if you think she at all uh, made it any better for herself. She said, question for the GOP, because it's all about the clapbacks for the GOP. Does starting a business with a $60 million loan from your dad count as bootstrapping? Does getting a $2 trillion corporate handout from the GOP count as bootstrapping? Asking for a corrupt president and his friends. I worked my butt off to get elected against all odds without any special connections or money. I worked double shifts and wore through my shoes, outspent 10 to 1 to get elected. Even with all that hard work, it would be narcissistic to pretend I bootstrapped it alone and without others. Pat. Wow. I mean, we just used her as an example mm-hmm. of somebody who came up through the ranks. And then she disparages that, too. Well, isn't it funny that she it's almost like she is giving herself the credit, but she's like, then, but I'm not really right. going to give myself the credit. Like right. you just but said I don't really were... believe that can happen. Right. Oh, yeah. also, you okay. just said you did it. Right. <laughs> no one disputes that it's it, of course it works better if you do it with others. And mm-hmm. if you have a family to support you, 
if you have uh, a, a community that that rewards entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. of course, all of that matters. Like, but you know, like like under the system that she's proposing, that, that she and Bernie Sanders are proposing, which, by the way, after after that clip, it's insane that he's considering her for like some kind of cabinet position or something. Is he really? He said that she's going to play a very important role in his administration. Oh, I hope he keeps saying. I hope if he's the nominee, he keeps saying that. Yeah. I think independence yeah, would be I, like, I, didn't, I didn't hear that either. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like, you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I, I lost my train of thought. But it's, just, it, it's, it, it's absolutely infuriating because, because of like, like for so many of us who's like parents and grandparents or immigrants, mm-hmm. to see somebody just come out and say that, it's really insulting because it, it like our own lives are examples of the opposite, right? And, and like you need the free market system to make that possible, to give you the incentives, to the opportunity to work hard, and to like and, and, and to move forward. Yeah, and I will say, just for the record, it's not just Hispanics or minorities or people yeah. of color. I mean, my on my mom's side, you know, my my gringo side, <laughs> uh, you know. I mean, they, it's same story for her. I mean, yeah. she is the embodiment of working, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and working your way up to become a successful, you know, entrepreneur. So, um, go ahead. Also, did Trump get a $60 million loan from his dad? Because he's always talked about the small $1 million loan he got from his dad to start his business. Which was peanuts. So I, I don't even know about the $60 million he got. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard that it was $60 million yet. Yeah, but, and I don't know if, if Trump is one of the examples that are always cited as somebody who pulled himself up, because we all know he had a rich dad, and he had right. a good start in life. Right, well, and... He made it better for himself. There's so much class envy there, too, though. Yeah. They have to make... First of all, they have to turn everything into being about Trump and against Trump. But secondly, it's like, yes, there are people who are more wealthy than you and me and maybe get a leg up on that. Tough. That's life. Let's yeah, pull ourselves right. up by our bootstraps anyway. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's not pie. Somebody else doing better doesn't mean that there's like that there's less for you. Right, right. That's the, the joys of capitalism. All right, moving on to a, uh, let's see, I guess it's an Ohio pastor. Yes, Dave Dobinmeyer? Dobinmeyer. I don't know how to say it, but hopefully one of those ways was correct. Uh, He says that he plans on suing not just the NFL, but Pepsi, Fox, and several other companies over the graphic nature of the, quote, crotch-grabbing halftime show performance uh, of the Super Bowl. He says, I think we ought to go sit down in a courtroom and present this as evidence of how whoever is keeping me from getting into the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) Uh, He says that it was basically soft porno, and he said, I turned on the TV to watch football, not to watch a pole dance. Young boys are being exposed to this. I'm not here to tell the NFL what they can put on. I'm not here to tell anyone what they can watch, but they don't have the right in the middle of a game to broadcast soft porn. Um, Now, I will say he is suing for a very reasonable, uh, uh, he wants an $867 trillion settlement. Oh, that's not bad. bad. Is that the price of admission to heaven or something? I, obviously that's priceless, so he's going for the next best thing. Okay. Was he tied to the couch or (laughs) could, could he not get up and get the remote? Apparently not. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Obviously, this is, you know, he can't be serious. I think he's just going for publicity here. (laughs) Part of me is like, 
I understand what you're doing because you want to make it known that this was really not appropriate to show without some sort of a warning. But then it's like, all right, guy, just change the channel. So this will probably be a federal lawsuit just based on geography. He's in Ohio and he's suing a, I think New York, I think New York's with the NFL, so it'll be a federal lawsuit. In the, not to get too legally nerdy, in the federal rules of civil procedure, Rule 11 is a way to sanction attorneys for bringing like a case that's just like beyond frivolous. Really? If, if, if any ter- if any attorney is stupid <laughs> enough to take this federal case, he should get slapped with a Rule 11 sanction immediately and borderline get disbarred. I mean, like, wow. uh, like having said that though, like I get the symbolism, right, but like, right. uh, there's no there are no words for how like stupid this is on the merits. Obviously, there's a better way to spread the message, Pat, that this was. Over the over the line. Yeah, definitely. Um, now your your son is what six, five, seven. six, seven. Mm-hmm. Was he watching the Super Bowl halftime mm-hmm. show, I, or do you do at something? First. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you have little kids and you don't want them to see it, or you mm-hmm. have teenage boys and you don't want them to see it, you turn the channel. Mm-hmm. Right. Turn the channel. I, I mean, what I thought it was over the top. Right. Well, and that's the thing is, I think that we've lost this conversation in society that you can say. I thought it was over the top. Yes, I I understand. I have the ability to change the channel, but Mm -hmm. I'm still allowed to have an opinion on society. And the fact that, like, maybe we shouldn't be celebrating empowerment of women by letting them rub their vaginas on national television. (laughs) Right. You mean that's not empowering? (laughs) I I mean, call me crazy, but I almost feel like it's the opposite. And the camera that zooms in on it all. Uh, Right. Wow. That was something else. So, look. I'm from Miami, mm-hmm. so the Super Bowl halftime show is like a Tuesday night visit to the mall. Right. Uh, you know, to me, so I, I, maybe I'm just desensitized to it. Yeah, that would be what it is. Yeah, so <laughs> I actually found, like, Shakira's part of the show. I, I actually found it, it was, it was pretty good. JLo, I think she, you know, with the, the whole crotch-grabbing thing, she maybe took it a little too far. Um, what I do find absolutely ridiculous, I, and I, I wrote this for The Blaze earlier this week, is that the notion that a Super Bowl halftime show is empowering to anyone. Mm-hmm. Regardless what happened or didn't happen on the show, like like on the show, just the, the, the notion that like a Super Bowl halftime program just like lifts up women and lifts up minorities, I just think is absolutely silly. Well, also that something that would it scantily clad women grabbing themselves would be what empowers them. Yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, like I feel empowered by people like my mom, mm-hmm. people who work a couple of jobs. I feel empowered when I read like the economic data of how, of how, how great things are going uh, especially if you're like a Hispanic, it, you would much rather be in the United States than any Latin American country. Uh, the opportunities here are endless, and I find that's that's what's empowering. It's not. A, I, I think they're incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if there's anything empowering about them, it's that like how hard they work. They've yeah. wor- they've worked to, to gotten to where they're at. Right. Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll: Should the people of Utah recall Mitt Romney? Wow. Oi. 81% of you said yes, 19% of you said no. I know we had some angry people who disagreed with uh, most of the uh, the thoughts on yesterday's show about Mitt Romney. Um, I just feel like that's overboard. Pat, I'm not mm. saying the guy's great and he, yeah. like, no, I love him. No, I disagree him. with him on a lot. Right, but I don't think... We criticize the left so often for always going in lockstep with what their team Mm -hmm. is doing and not actually thinking for themselves. And it's like, agree with him or not, at least Mitt Romney thought for himself and chose what he believed was the right decision to make. You have to at least respect him a little bit for that, even if you disagree. It's hard in this environment to go against anything President Trump does. And it's hard to go against what the Republican Party wants you to do. I mean, they want you to vote 
down the party line, just like the Democrats want that. And it's hard to challenge that. Yeah. And he did, for whatever reason. I, I don't know that... He didn't seem to be watching the same trial I saw. No. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he very clearly was wrong. I completely wrong. disagree with him right. voting guilty. But, you know, it's, it was a, I guess it was a principal statement. Yeah. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, it's maybe a cop-out answer. I mean, I would not lead the effort in Utah. If I were an engaged citizen in Utah, I would not lead the effort to recall him. If the choice were placed before me, I would vote to recall him. But really? but what, what, what I will say amidst mild defense is that he voted to, to acquit on the truly farcical charge, which was obstruction of Congress. Right. What, what we talked about in previous podcasts. That is just, mm. that is constitutionally illiterate, okay? Like, you're literally trying to impeach the separation of powers yeah. right there. So in his defense, he did vote to acquit on that one. I've said from day one that if you buy the Democrats' framing of the phone call, abuse of power is arguably an impeachable offense. Mm-hmm. I just think that framing is disingenuous. Yeah. Uh, but I would not lead this effort if I were a Utah citizen. Yeah. What do you think? I think impeachment's done. Let's move on. Oh, well, that was a non-answer. What are you running for office? Uh, Today's poll, who came out of the impeachment failure looking the worst? Nancy Pelosi, President Trump, Mitt Romney, or Joe Biden? What do you think, Pat? Pelosi, Trump, Mm. Romney, or Biden? I'm going Pelosi. Uh, That's where I'd lean to. What do you think, Josh? It's got to be Pelosi. Pelosi? Uh, Who came out looking the worst? Yes. Biden. Biden. I think it sunk his candidacy. I, I think... Yeah, remember remember where the country was six months ago on Joe Biden, mm-hmm. old Uncle Joe, mm-hmm. the you know his. But I feel like that was just Joe opening his mouth more and more. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> no, but you know what? Like that was baked into the cake. Yeah. Like you know, his gaffes were kind of baked into the cake. It was kind of goofy. Uh, it looks kind of sleazy. Hmm. All right. Well, let us know what you think. You can go to the Blaze's Twitter. That is, of course, at the Blaze, gentlemen. Thank you as always for being here. We'll see you guys Monday. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.